Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to share with you. My goodness. Yes, we are blessed. We are so, so blessed. Just because we have A Course in Miracles, we have these teachings, and no one can take them away from us. For me, that is blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And that I get to share it with you. <laughs> How could it be any better, truly? Mm. So let's begin. I place my hand on my heart and I am grateful and thankful for our connection, for the opportunity that we're giving ourselves right here, right now to rise up. We are grateful to leave the past behind. We're making room for the truth in our mind. We're clearing the way, clearing the altar of all false gods, any false idols, anything that we've been worshiping that simply is an ego identification. We are grateful to surrender all attachments and to come together and choose liberation. So we rise up and we share the benefits with all. We let this healing simply be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. I'm going to jump right in here. So I was reading the section in Chapter 21, Section 2, The Responsibility for Sight. been reading it a lot lately, and I a, a, a phrase stuck out to, to me. And it gave me the idea for, I felt it was a direct inspiration to have this episode be about making room for the truth. So it comes from the responsibility for sight. And I'm just going to refresh here, even though I've, I've quoted this many times. Just a reminder of how it begins here. Again, chapter 21, section 2, the responsibility for sight. If you have an FIP, Foundation for Inner Peace version, the blue book, it's on page 448. And it begins with, We have repeated how little is asked of you to learn this course. It is the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy, the little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit for which he gives you everything, the very little on which salvation rests, the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. So just making it very clear, some little thing that you're being asked will bring you all of this. And what is that? It is the responsibility for what we see. Paragraph two. This is the only thing that you need to do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations. For here the power of salvation lies. Okay, here's the prayer. And I just like to say I skipped over some because I, I want to get to the later parts. I never, uh, I don't think I've ever done an episode of the podcast on the what comes after this part because this part is so rich in and of itself, but we're going to move through it quickly to get to the other side. <laughs> so here's what we say to have 
vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. That's it. We have to say it, but mean it with no reservations. For here the power of salvation lies. This is a game changer, at least it was in my life. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. That's it. And then he adds, Deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge, but that you have been mistaken, and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. So, that's the practice. I... I've said many times my shorthand for this is I'm responsible for what I see and everything is just as I wish it would be. So I would say that to myself. I'm responsible for what I see and everything is just as I wish it would be. And then I'd say, hmm, I wonder why I wished for this. There's something in this for me. This thing I don't like, this thing that feels so difficult, this thing that makes me so angry, this whatever this is that's going on that I don't like at all or I'm confused by or frightened by or whatever it is, I am responsible for what I see. I'm responsible for the way I look at it. I'm responsible for the meaning I make of it. I'm responsible for all my interpretations and all my beliefs about it. And I choose the feelings I experience. I'm responsible for what I see and everything is just as I wish it would be. So let me not rail against it. Let me not reject it. Let me not try to manipulate it and change it. First, let me just accept this is in my script for a reason. Let me harvest all the benefits from it and not reject it. So in, in um, non-duality, they talk about welcoming. It can be hard to welcome illness or cancer or uh, death of a loved one, things like that. So I, I don't, I don't propose that. Acceptance is the way. Stevie Wonders put that in, uh, I think it's in the song As, and I always think of that. Acceptance is the way. So I'm accepting what is. I'm not going to fight it. I don't want to fight it. I don't want to fight anything. I'm a lover, not a fighter. And so let me move into that acceptance through responsibility. So I'm going to continue on here so we can get to the, the meat, uh, the rest of the meat of this section. Paragraph 3. It is impossible the Son of God be merely driven by events outside of him. It is impossible that happenings that come to him were not his choice. All right. That is a huge pill to swallow for most of us, certainly in the beginning. It is impossible that happenings that come to us were not our choice. You know, how do you say that to someone who was raped? Not me, I wasn't raped. But I, I, I've had things, of course, that felt devastating to me. It is impossible that happenings come to him that were not his choice. His power of decision is the determiner of every situation in which he seems to find himself by chance or accident. Uh, 
So I'll, I'll say to you this. When I first saw this, read this, I decided not to fight it. And I decided not to try to comprehend how it could be that all things that happen to me are my choice. I decided not to try to comprehend it, understand it. I decided to simply accept it as the truth and work from there. Might not be your way. You know, my way is my way. As I say in my yoga classes every day, everyone's our teacher and the guru is within. So your guru is within you. The knower who knows is within you, just as my guru is within me. And then I would say, of course, that all minds are joined. We share the same mind. But I do not decide for you. That's for you to come to. I'm just always going to be sharing with you what worked for me. And then, of course, you decide what works for you. Uh, I am not your guru. You are your guru. <laughs> so I just decided I'm going to accept that I put this in my script. There's a reason for it. And it was wise. I don't think I wrote my script on my own. And I don't think I wrote it from the level of the personality. How could I? So instead, what I accept is that there's a higher wisdom to everything. And that's what I'm interested in. And until I'm aware of that higher wisdom, and I can see beyond time and space and understand what everything is for all of the time, until that happens, I can accept what seems unacceptable. I can accept which, that which seems to be unbearable. And I'm going to work at the level of the mind to shift what's going on. Not so much at the level of form. So I'll take inspired action at the level of form do that every day but I don't wish to try to figure it out and manage and cope with things at the level of form I'd, I'd rather take inspired action so that's the training that A Course in Miracles is giving us how to live an inspired life taking inspired action instead of trying to deduce what's best or figure it out or try to understand it, weigh the pros and cons. I used to do that, those different types of um, analyzing and figuring things out. I don't wish to do that anymore. Direct insight, clear knowing, guidance, inspiration, intuition, whatever you would like to call it, that's how I prefer to operate. Jesus says we can learn through pain or joy. To me, learning through joy is through direct insight, direct downloads, if you will. So rather than saying, why is this happening to me? From the perspective of the victim, I trained myself to move into the place of the curious observer Hmm, I'm curious, why why is this happening to me? There's obviously it's helpful because the development of trust section in the manual for teachers tells me it takes great learning to recognize that everything is helpful. And to me that's such an important thing to understand. It comes from Chapter 4, the characteristics of God's teachers. The first one is trust, and in there is the section A entitled Development of Trust. And in paragraph 4, it says, It takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. 
Lesson 135, paragraph 18, says, What could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? So I combine these things, responsibility for sight, the all everything is helpful, and everything was gently planned by one whose only purpose is my good. Taking these things together, it seemed clear to me that since it's impossible that anything that could, could come to me that's not my choice, nothing is outside of me. Instead of trying to fix things outside of me or even thinking that there is anything outside of me of course you have to believe that there's something outside of you to try and fix it out there instead let me just take these various principles nothing can come to me that was not my choice I am responsible for what I see and what I feel everything was gently planned by one whose only purpose is my good, and everything it in my situation, circumstances, all events, everything is helpful. Everything works together for good, and I'm not going to make any exceptions. doesn't mean everything is necessarily on the surface intended for good. Obviously, somebody is murdering somebody, in their mind, there's some good in it, right? I might not see it that way at all. But somehow, some way, spirit will take what is and use it for good if I am willing. We'll use it for good if I am willing. So let's continue on here. So his power of decision is the determiner of every situation in which he seems to find himself by chance or accident. No accident nor chance is possible within the universe as God created it, outside of which is nothing. So there's nothing outside of God, nothing outside of the universe that God created. And so... There's nothing that can happen by chance. It's not possible. We're trained by egoic mind, ego thought. We are trained to think that luck is a thing. Good luck, bad luck. That accidents happen. We're, we are trained from the time we're children and for lifetime after lifetime to think these kinds of thoughts, they are not true. Anytime somebody says, oh, that was lucky or good luck, um, good luck with that. Or, when people say that, if I have an opportunity, I like to say, I don't believe in luck. And I find that the majority of time, even with many spiritual students, if I say I don't believe in luck, they or they say wish me luck or something like that. I say I don't believe in luck. People look at me confused. What do you mean you don't believe in luck? Come on. Don't you want to win the lottery? Wouldn't that be good luck if you win the lottery? I don't think so. I don't believe in luck. So I don't wish to be argumentative and I don't need everybody to be like, I'm right, you're wrong, Bubba. I, I'm not interested in any of that kind of conversation or provoking it. So I'm careful about to whom I would say I don't believe in luck. However, in any situation where there's the appearance of luck and somebody says that was lucky, I like to be able to say, well, I don't believe in luck. I made choices along the way that brought me to this place. I just don't, it didn't happen randomly because I could have gone left back there, but I went right. 
I could have pushed the down button, but I pushed the up button. So those things were choices that I made, decisions that I made. They weren't luck. And that's the thing that sometimes is very hard for people to accept because things happen. They are scammed out of their money. They are, their car is smashed into. All kinds of things happen in this life that are really upsetting and painful where it feels like we're a victim and we're being attacked by the world. And yet... And that seems like bad luck. And yet, if we can say, I'm responsible for what I see, and there's nothing that can happen in my life that wasn't chosen by me. Instead of thinking, what an idiot for choosing this. What an idiot, I chose cancer. What an idiot, I chose whatever. I chose to do this thing and now it's so, so painful. Instead of having any judgment about it, just, hmm, there has to be good encoded into this for me. Everything is helpful. I'd like to receive that quickly, easily, gracefully. And to me, that is God's infinite grace operating in our lives, that there is good encoded into everything. So even if we're captured, put in a prisoner of war camp, and we're held there for a decade, there will be good that comes from it, if I'm willing to receive it, if I'm willing to accept it. You know, I think of uh, Nelson Mandela, who was, in, in a sense, you could say he was a terrorist, uh, he was interested in violent overthrow of the government. I can understand it, don't agree with it. He was imprisoned, and he continued to advocate for the violent overthrow of the government, as I understand it. Not not a historian about South Africa, but this is my limited understanding about these events. And then after 25 years of that, he had an awakening, we could say, where he realized violence is not the way. It's not the way. And then not too much longer after that, he was released from prison. He couldn't be released from prison because his destiny was to lead South Africa out of apartheid. And he couldn't do that until he no longer saw that violence was the way to transformation. It's a fact in this world that the most effective ways to transform governments, political systems, societies, cultures, is through nonviolent protest and action. And until he realized that was true, he couldn't, he didn't have the consciousness to lead the country out of apartheid. So he had to sit there until he got it. Is that wrong? Was he wrongly imprisoned? How could I even begin to know when I can't see through all directions of time and space? But from my limited vantage point, it just seems clear he he could have gotten out of there earlier. Apartheid could have ended earlier, but it took what it took for him to go the other way. And he couldn't do what he needed to do until he could go the other way. And here's the thing. The same is true for you. The same is true for me. These are the facts. These are the facts. Oh, it's exciting though, isn't it? Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, I have, I'm coming to a break here and I'd just like to let you know that uh, we have a men's gathering this week 
on Wednesday. And if you are interested in that men's gathering, then I invite you, of course it's for men, I invite you to text the word men to 53557. Text the word men to the number 53557 or go to com forward slash men. com forward slash men. They're going to be talking about the manual for teachers, characteristics of God, uh, and looking at tolerance, that characteristic. Yes, indeed. All right, that's my music for the break. And uh, also, I have a, a workshop on Thursday, Worthiness Workshop. It's a free workshop this week on Thursday, November 30th. So two events this week. I'll be right back. going to take a little break here. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thanks for rejoining. And we're talking about the responsibility for sight and the extreme inspiration that it brings. So we're talking about how no accident, no chance is possible for us. So let's let's step into a level of spiritual maturity that we are the dreamers of the dream and life is not happening to us, nor could it happen to us. In fact, I'm just going to take a moment here and say if if i strongly encourage you to work with what i'm suggesting here I strongly listen to this again and again really it will be helpful to you i have found that it is extraordinary if we can have the willingness to accept these truths that I'm discussing here. Making Room for the Truth is the name of this episode, and that was a line from this section on the responsibility for sight that just struck me as, this is what I did that really changed things for me. There are a number of things that I did that really, really opened up my consciousness, opened up my mind. These are the things that I share in finding freedom from fear, spiritual boot camp, and from my year-long Masterful Living course. And it's anybody could do these things on their own, absolutely. I'm, I've given you a lot to be able to do on your own through this more than 600 episodes of this podcast. And... But it's the working of it. It's the staying in it. It's the not giving up. It's the not making anything else more important. This is the practice that is life-changing. Can you just even for this next year, so as I record this, it's uh, coming up to the end of uh, November, end of the year, can you dedicate yourself from now until the end of next year, Thanksgiving next year, can you dedicate yourself to practicing these things? Find a way to do that. Find a way to really get in there and do exactly this, what what he's telling us here. So he says, suffer, and you decided sin was your goal. If you're suffering, you decided sin was your goal. Be happy, and you gave the power of decision to him who must decide for God for you. That's Spirit, of course, Holy Spirit. This is the little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit, and even this, the Holy Spirit gives you gives to you to give yourself. For by this gift is given you the power to release your Savior 
and he may give salvation unto you. Begrudge not then this little offering. Withhold it, and you keep the world as now you see it. So give this little offering. So what is the little offering here? What is the little gift that you offer to the Holy Spirit? Let the Holy Spirit decide for you, for God. So let the Holy Spirit into your mind to choose for God, for you. That's a thing we can do. You see how in this course, it's one practical application after another. People read the book and don't even see it. I understand. I understand. Not criticizing, but just saying. That's why, hey, I, I, I just said, I've done over 600 episodes. Constantly seeing new things. Constantly. 600 episodes of breaking it down, looking at it closely, and I still have new insight all the time because that's what I'm interested in I'm interested in not just comprehending it because that's not enough I'm interested in really living it practicing it because that's where the knowing arises when we commit ourselves to living it then the knowing is there Because anybody who comprehends what the words mean but doesn't live it, and that was me, doesn't know it. They think they know it, but they don't. Because I just cannot believe someone could really know these truths and not live them. Because when the truth awakens in the mind... You know, it's just sleeping there in our consciousness. But when we awaken to that truth, it's so impressive. It's so beautiful. It's so what we desire to reject it. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Now, in the very first paragraph of the Responsibility for Sight section, it says here, Because this teaching is true, it's and so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. You can reject it, but it's not ambiguous. If you choose against it now, it will not be because it is obscure, but rather that this little cost in your judgment is too much to pay for peace. So if taking responsibility is too much to pay for peace, just honestly, I don't think that person would understand what the truth actually is here. Because peace is so valuable. I wouldn't trade anything for my peace now. Not one thing, not one idea. Not one grievance, not one grudge. No way. No way. No way, Jose. (laughs) So, begrudge not then this little offering. Withhold it and you keep the world as now you see it. Give it away. Give away the power of decision to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit decide for you for God Uh, to me I say I let the Holy Spirit decide for me another thing I say I choose to think the thoughts I think with God that's all I'm interested in the thoughts I think with God that to me is the same thing as saying Holy Spirit you decide for me so moving into that place see this is a place of what we might call ego submission or ego surrender. And and people will say to me, Oh, Jennifer, so this is about surrender? 
and I just laugh and I say, you know, not in a disrespectful way, but I say, oh, honey, it's never not about surrender. It's always about surrender, 100% of the time. But the thing is, if is if we can understand that the Holy Spirit or the higher Holy Spirit self, as I prefer to call it, is our true nature. It is our true identity. That's our real self. We're not surrendering to a foreign entity that might say, oh, no more sex for you. Nor, no more beer for you, no more wine for you, no more cocktails for you, no more fun for you. No, there's no such thing. That is an ego image of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would ask us to sacrifice and deprive ourselves of what we enjoy. Not going to happen. I've not had to give up anything I enjoy. Everything that I have could say I've given up, first of all, I like to say I gave it up to the Holy Spirit. Everything that I've given up, meaning I didn't want to do it anymore, not because I thought it was bad for me, but because I genuinely do not wish to do it anymore. I do not wish to have that experience anymore. So I quit smoking. I did not enjoy it anymore. Holy Spirit didn't make me give up smoking. Nobody made me give up smoking. I didn't give up smoking for my health. I no longer wished to smoke. And I I use that as an example. People know I've said it a number of times. I quit smoking three times the third time. Never went back. Never had an interest but it wasn't because of some logic and it wasn't because of my health. It was none of that. It was simply, I knew I didn't wish this anymore. I'm trying to think if I've done that with anything else. Hmm. Nothing is coming to mind right now. There are certain foods I would say I eat less of, but not because I'm depriving myself. Like, for instance, I I don't drink much alcohol anymore, but not because I think alcohol is bad. I just simply don't wish to experience the effects of alcohol. I don't like it. And not that I never have a drink, but I just, most of the time, it doesn't interest me. So, I know I've said that many times, but I don't feel deprived. That's the thing. There's no sacrifice there. That is my preference. So, I I didn't have to give up anything. I just, just like with certain foods and drinks, I don't like them. I don't, I don't drink them. I don't eat them because I don't prefer it anymore. Simple, simple. Don't have to suffer. There's no suffering there. All right. <laughs> I I've just am so happy with this, getting into this section. So we're talking about the power of decision. And it says, begrudge not this little offering. Give the power of decision to the Holy Spirit. That's the offering. Withhold it, and you keep the world as now you see it. Give it away, and everything you see goes with it. So this is the antidote for suffering. Suffering comes from ego identification and making choices from the ego identity. So when we give the power of decision to the Holy Spirit, there's the fear that, oh, now we're going to have to wear ugly clothes, sleep in a cold room, on a hard bed, and eat mush. No, it doesn't work that way. That is an ego's idea of how it works. 
It says, never was so much given for so little. In the holy instant is this exchange effected and maintained. Here is the world you do not want brought to the one you do. And here the one you do is given you because you want it. Yet for this, the power of your wanting must first be recognized. You must accept its strength and not its weakness. You must perceive that what is strong enough to make a world can let it go and can accept correction if it is willing to see that it was wrong. The world you see is but the idle witness that you were right, you see, because we... Don't see what we think we see. What we see, what we perceive, is in accordance with what we believe. So it's like you'll see it when you believe it. You'll see it when you believe it. We do see it when we believe it. Because we interpret everything to match our belief system. So we must surrender the belief system to the Holy Spirit for healing in order to see something new. That's why giving the power of decision to the Holy Spirit will bring a renewal. It's a really good word for it. Thank you, Spirit. Hmm. The world you see is but the idle witness that you were right. The witness is insane. You trained it in its testimony, and as it gave it back to you, you listened and convinced yourself that what it saw was true. You did this to yourself. You see only this, and you will also see how circular the reasoning on which you're seeing and seeing's in quotes because it's not really seeing, it's perception. This was not given you. The perceptions weren't given you. This is your gift to you and to your brother. Be willing then, be willing then to have it taken from him, the brother, and be replaced with truth. And as you look upon the change in your brother, it will be given you to see it in yourself. And this is exactly how life works. It goes on, paragraph 6. Perhaps you do not see the need for you to give this little offering. Look closer, then, at what it is. And very simply, see in it the whole exchange of separation for salvation. This little gift, this little offering of the power of decision changes everything. You go from separation to salvation. You go from hell to heaven. Is it too much to ask that you give the power of decision to the Holy Spirit to decide for God, for you? Or do you wish to continue to suffer and argue that you're right and that the world is wrong? So many Course in Miracles students study the Course but just don't live it. I know. I did it too. And I don't wish to do it anymore. <laughs> so, mm, all that the ego is, is an idea that is, it is possible that things could happen to the Son of God without His will, and thus without the will of His Creator, whose will cannot be separate from His own. This is the Son of God's replacement for His will, a mad revolt against what must forever be. This is the statement 
that he has the power to make God powerless and so to take it for himself and leave himself without what God has willed for him. This is the mad idea you have enshrined upon your altars and which you worship. And anything that threatens this seems to attack your faith, for here is it invested. So our faith is invested in this idea that we're victims and the world is happening to us. Continues, think not that you are faithless, for your belief and trust in this is strong indeed. So we have this, this incredible faith and belief in the idea that we're not good enough, something's wrong with us, we don't have what it takes. We're so invested in that. Can you give that up? Will you give that up? And simply say, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to give the power of decision to the Holy Spirit to, to decide for me, for God. Paragraph 7. The Holy Spirit can give you faith and holiness and vision to see it easily enough. Oh, come on. What more do you need? <laughs> But you have not left open and unoccupied the altar where the gifts belong. Aha. Where they should be, you have set up your idols to something else. This other will, quote unquote will, which seems to tell you what must happen, you give reality. And what would show you otherwise must therefore seem unreal. So heaven seems unreal. Inspiration seems unreal. Intuition, we don't trust. It seems unreal. What seems real are all the things that we've placed our attention on, the false idols on the altar, which are our problems a lot of the time. Worshipping, you could say, worshipping the body when we're obsessed with the body. You know, the body's illness or the body's wellness or whatever, the body's beauty or whatever, or hating the body. That's why I did the Change Your Mind About Your Body program. And for those who missed it, uh, I think we're going to offer it in um, Evergreen, pre-recorded. So we'll, we'll look at that um, in, in a month or two figuring that out. All that is asked of you is to make room for truth. Make room on the altar for truth. You're not asked to make or do what lies beyond your understanding. See? Not, nothing impossible is being asked of us. Nothing even difficult is being asked of us. All that's being asked of us is that we hand over the power of decision to the Holy Spirit. That's all. We don't have to give any money, no time, no energy. Just that willingness to you decide for God, for me. All You are not asked to make or do what lies beyond your understanding. All you are asked to do is let it in. Only to stop your interference with what will happen of itself. Simply to recognize again the presence of what you thought you gave away. Be willing for an instant to leave your altars free of what you placed upon them. And what is really there you cannot fail to see. So our special relationships are on the altar. The altar is our heart. The holy instant is not an instant of creation, but of recognition. For recognition comes of vision and suspended judgment. Then only is it is possible to look within and see what must be there, plainly in sight and wholly independent of interference and judgment. 
Undoing is not your task, but it is up to you to welcome it or not. Faith and desire go hand in hand, for everyone believes in what he wants. So, on that note, I don't have much time left here, but on that note, I'm just going to ask you, if you could make your life be how you wanted it to be next year, and you knew you could succeed, what would next year be like for you? Contemplate it. Give it to the Holy Spirit. Are you focused on problems or are you focused on what you'd like? Because where our attention goes, energy flows, as they say. Are you willing to keep your attention on what's really most important to you? I know the power of it. I've had to retrain my mind. And the best retrainer I know is the Holy Spirit. And this is what we do in my Masterful Living program. This is what we do. This is what it's about, is retraining the mind to focus with the Holy Spirit, to give the problems away, to let the problems be seen as solved, and to get out of the way, to take responsibility. And it's profound how it works. It really does work, but you have to make these shifts. Ah, so worthiness workshop free this week, men's gathering free this week, all the details at jenniferhadley.com. And I place my hand on my heart and I am grateful and thankful for the power and the presence of God within us. Grateful and thankful to hand over to the Holy Spirit the power of decision. Grateful to accept a life of joy. We share the benefits with all and we let it be. So it is. Amen.